Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. I know people who would turn and say, well, Jesus would never judge this or condemn that because Jesus is all loving. And yet Jesus would never compromise his own word. You have to understand who our rabbi is and you have to get to know him and follow him. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. Welcome back to Foundations. We are talking about walking in the dust of our rabbi. We've been exploring it a bit uh, in the last program. We're going to continue it to, uh, today and tomorrow as well, getting an understanding of what it means to walk in the dust of our rabbi and how can all the people of the world understand what that means. Yeah, uh, and we mentioned yesterday there's a lot of people who... Not, not even aware that Jesus is Jewish or that he was a rabbi. Mm. Uh, a rabbi is basically a teacher, and uh, he has disciples. And uh, and and unlike our learning experience generally, which which is not, I want to be careful because we're going to say often uh, that there's a difference between a Greek mindset and a Hebrew mindset. And I'm not saying that the Greek mindset is wrong. What I'm saying is it's different. Mm. And if you learn different method in, in, in a different method, you can sometimes come to different conclusions mm. or different understandings. But because we want to understand our rabbi, we want to understand Jesus, understand he was Jewish and he lived in a Jewish context, and this is how he taught. Mm. So we want to be like him. And we also um, looked at in a previous episode, previous program, about how the early church was all Jewish. At the when you read Acts chapter two and starting chapter one, you just start reading the book of Acts, which is amazing because it tells you so much mm. about the very first church. Um, the the Jewish community already had a head start. Because they already understood the commands of God, the standards of God, the kind of behaviors that God expected of his people. They already understood what his moral standards were like, his laws. The, the, the laws that God gave to his people were nothing like the rules that governed the other peoples and the gods or religions that they followed. God is uniquely different among all the nations and all the religions of the world. Uniquely different. And so because the Jewish people had been immersed in this, they understood the sacrificial system. They understood the need for uh, forgiveness for sins. They understood that God wanted to forgive, but repentance had to come first, that God expected um, people to be moral, to care for widows and for orphans, to be honest, to have integrity, um, to honor parents, um, not to sleep around, but to be faithful to a married partner, not to have sex outside of marriage at all, all of those things. Um, and, and, and so because the Jewish people already had this, this standard and ethic of morality from the, the scriptures that they had, when the Gentile world started to come in, it was, it was bedlam. Mm. And we, we looked at the, um, at the condition of the Corinthian church. The Corinthian church was a mess. Mm. Again, they were greedy. They were they were so excited about the gift that God had given them that they were just shoving themselves forward, disregarding other people. You had a guy sleeping with his stepmother. Mm. You had it was 
chaos. And Paul had to write to them and say, enough. This is absolutely wrong, and I am my. Per- I'm not there, but I'm issuing judgment here. Deal with this situation. Yeah. We will not tolerate that, because if this is like a, he used the um, the um, the example of leaven, which infects yeah. the whole lump of dough. You know, this is like a disease. It's going to corrode, and it's going to corrupt, and it's going to destroy. So deal with this stuff. Get yourselves in order. This is how you conduct yourselves. This is how you conduct church. This is how you talk to one another. He had all these instructions that the Jewish people already Mm. knew. Not that they were perfect, but they already had this understanding. And the Gentile world had to also gain that understanding. They had to learn from scratch what God's ethics, morals, and standards were. So... By the time, um, you know, the Gentile uh, believers started coming in, it was a massive, massive learning curve. But because Jesus is a rabbi and he taught like a disciple, almost like one-on-one, it was common practice for a, um, a rabbi to choose, hand-select his disciples and he would only have a small group. Twelve was the norm. Twelve to fifteen was the norm. And culture is in- incredibly important. Now, what's uh, it, it, what's really important too is that um, we're not the ones, when it comes to understanding what the Bible says, I just want to point out, it's, it's we're not the ones who determine what the Scripture means. The Scripture tells us what the Scripture means. Mm. And uh, I know it's very common for when we sit around and have a Bible study that we read through a Bible and then we read a passage and then we say, so what does that mean to you? And then what does that mean to you and the next person? And I know that's common practice because we have to try to apply it. But you can come up with five different meanings by five different different people. Mm. But the scripture actually tells us what it means. And we're supposed to conform to it and apply it to our lives, not make the scripture conform to us. Yeah. Okay, so I, I, again, I know that's going to m- m- probably be a bit prickly for some people, but just think about that. If God is the one who says this is what it means, then we don't get to say, well, I think it means something different. So it's really important because otherwise what we're doing is we're, in, we're pushing our own interpretation into the scripture and that's like adding to the word of God and we've got yeah. to be careful not to do that. Now, another thing is that we're always wanting to reshape Jesus in our own expectations when we've got to learn about him himself. I want to tell you about um, there was a particular denomination. In the year 2000, they ran a competition, okay, a worldwide competition, and it was called Jesus 2000 because they were searching for a new image of Jesus for this next millennium. And the prize-winning painting, which was called The Jesus of the People, it was of a dark-skinned, thick-lipped, slightly feminine-looking man uh, who had absolutely no Jewishness about him <laughs> at all. And the, the, I guess the concern is is that we spend our time trying to conform Jesus into our image to fit our ideology, our preferences, mm. our understanding of society, our own philosophical worldviews, and very often we're in, very influenced by modern culture, even PC culture. I mean, I, I know people who would turn and say, well, Jesus would never judge this or condemn that because Jesus is all loving. And yet Jesus would never compromise his own word. Mm. And so we, again, we're supposed to conform to it. But how do you understand that? You have to understand who our rabbi is and you have to get to know him and follow him. So when we say walking in the dust of our rabbi, I want to paint a picture for you and we will unpack it more in the next program. 
But to walk in the dust of your rabbi means that you walk as a disciple so closely behind your rabbi so that you see every nuance of his face, you hear every word, every breath, every expression, that as he walks and stirs up the dust, you're walking so close that the dust is getting all over you, so close, in fact, that if you if he stops suddenly, you'd bump right into him. Mm. That's what it means to walk in the dust of your rabbi so that you can follow him to the nth degree, to mimic him, copy him, emulate him, even his facial expressions, even his his habits of speech. It's one of the reasons why... When you go to Israel in particular, you can see lots and lots and lots of Jewish people, very the Orthodox, ultra-Orthodox, uh, observant Jews. And um, and they're in the ultra-Orthodox, there are lots of denominations, and they dress very differently. And you can tell the groups simply by their, their code of dress. And, you th- and we always ask, why do some wear those? They look like bathrobes. Why do some always wear their pants tucked into their socks? Why do they always wear the big furry hats? Or why the wide brim and the black coats? It's basically because it's denominational. They are actually aligning themselves by mimicking how their rabbis dress. You can uh, tell which rabbi they follow by how they're dressed. Mm-hmm. They, they're literally, they've literally walked in the dust of their rabbi to the point where they're emulating him even by the clothing that they wear. It becomes this mark of loyalty and faithfulness. Now, ultimately, our rabbi is the ultimate rabbi. And so we want to emulate him and and be so close to him that even the expressions on his face or the nuances of his speech become ours, that we imitate him. Mm. So we'll look some more in our next program at that. We're looking forward to uh, finding out more about that. Not so much about what did Jesus wear, but uh, we'll be exploring uh, how we can walk in the dust of our rabbi, understanding the Hebrew mindset as well, some of the uh, practical and literal interpretations. We'll do that next time on Foundations. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.